Hey everyone, it's Marcus and I. Hey. Hello Marcus. Hey Ben. Hey Marcus, do you know what's happening on Tuesday, November 7th? Oh my God, tell me. It's the election day, Marcus. <laughs> so if you know someone in Brooklyn, have them come out and vote BK for BK, Ben Kissel for Brooklyn Borough President, or if you are in Brooklyn, get out there and vote. It's going to be a lot of fun, and then uh, Tuesday night we're going to have a party, uh, the bar yet to be announced. Yes. All right, everyone, thank you all so much for your support. Hail yourselves, talk to you soon. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I agree with the Illuminati. In this story, <laughs> it's, it's true. There's a part of it's like I completely get it. We're gonna we'll we'll get deeper into it. Do you mean I, the I, Illuminati, <laughs> that adult film you were working on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, just a fucking woman dressed as a lizard, just like getting throated by All George right, Washington. I, we understand what happened. All right, this is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel. Uh, Marcus Parks, hello. Hello, Ben. And, of course, we've got Henry Zabrowski there in beautiful, far too nice Los Angeles. Far, far too nice. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, you guys are asleep right now. Uh-oh. And I know Uh-oh. that maybe uh, maybe it's because you're even driving at your work, but you can actually still be physically awake. Huh. But you're not. Interesting. You're asleep. Well, we'll be- but you know what that sound is? What is that? Are you telling them to wake up, America? Yes. Like Eric Bowling. Okay, wake up, America. If one more person tells me to wake up, I'm going to freak out. All right, this this episode is actually awesome. We're talking about this dude. I guess he's one of the first conspiracy theorists of all time. His name is Bill Cooper, yeah. and he's also a radio legend. Absolutely. So there's a lot, of, a lot of crossover here. Milton William Cooper, Bill to his friends, was one of, if not... No, it's never Milton. It's never it's never, like, never <laughs> Milton. Will, William Milton. <laughs> no My friends call me Milton. There's no one's listening to Milton Cooper talk about the Illuminati. Unless Milton Cooper's got a fucking AK-47 and he's sitting on your lawn and then it's yes, yeah. whatever you want, Mr. Milton. Yes, hello, boss. Absolutely. Milton. You want your stapler, Mr. Milton. Here it is. Well, Bill Cooper was one of, if not the most influential conspiracy theorist of the modern age. This guy was the granddaddy of them all. His 1991 book, Behold a Pale Horse, still holds a place on any good conspiracy theory bookshelf. Straight up right now, stop the podcast, buy it, have it in your house, thumb through it all the time, because it's what <laughs> I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, and I will say this, is that, it, uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I haven't slept, and again, it's <laughs> about good. being awake or being asleep, and that is what Bill Cooper says quite a bit in a lot of his talks, he always starts off with that being like, I hear a snoring sound. <laughs> As the feet of a man about to wake you up. I'm pretty sure we also call Pale Horse uh, Holden McNeely. <laughs> Very <laughs> funny. Yes. Very funny. Now, we will admit there is some truly crazy shit in that book, most of which we'll get into in the second episode. But nothing in Behold a Pale Horse, nor in any of the other things we'd heard from him, are particularly offensive. I think Bill Cooper, unlike a lot of conspiracy theorists, mm. his heart is in the right place. And for mm. that, he gets a... A last podcast on the left. Full round of applause. (laughs) Now, I would say having your heart in the right place for a conspiracy theorist might not be the best thing for content. Uh, (laughs) But he he won't let himself go too crazy. Well, Uh, you fucking idiot. My theory might be flawed. (laughs) (laughs) However... 
some of the people who listen to Bill Cooper's radio show, The Hour of the Time. That's uh, great. What a good title. It's a great title, uh, but this was the mid-90s, early to mid-90s. Some of them tended to take some of his New World Order talk just a little bit too far. One of those people was Timothy McVeigh, Mm. who spent many lonely nights with his shortwave radio listening to Bill Cooper. And I got to say, H.W. Bush really did no one any favors when he called it the New World Order. (laughs) Could he maybe just not use that verbiage? Uh, Kander Kissinger used it too, and maybe it was on purpose, Kissel. That's the problem. Now, you are are, are ankle deep so far in the political fucking rigged system that Mm -hmm. you're part of. And unfortunately, in order for you to pass on to the next level of evolutionary-wise, in order to break the hypnotism cycle, that the Illuminati has fucking put you in, you need to take your feet out of that pool and dry them off with a towel, which should actually technically be an American flag, and get your <laughs> shit together. That sounds like a spa day. <laughs> but the thing is that Cooper, he was no white supremacist by any stretch of the imagination. He was very much a Second Amendment guy to a fault, as we'll see later, and he was very much a nationalist, but he was not a racist and he was not a bigot. Mm. What he ended up being at the end of his life, though, was a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's fucking a real deal. But before we get to all that, let's start with the origin story that created one of the most influential conspiracy theorists of all time, for better or worse. Or at least, this is what Bill Cooper claims is his origin story. In 1965, Bill Cooper joined the Navy after a short stint in the Air Force and was assigned to submarine duty. Mm. Soon after, Bill was traveling on assignment from Portland to Pearl Harbor when he saw something that would change his life. So first off, remember, Mm. he actually uh, volunteered for submarine duty, which is very dangerous. Also, what my father did... And also because my father and I were the same size. He's five mm. foot six, right? I'm five foot seven. I'm taller than my father. Five I'm five. a natural five, <laughs> five, seven. five foot five. <laughs> but my father also volunteered <laughs> to be on the submarine. And he said it's one of the most dangerous things. And also Bill Cooper said he joined the Navy specifically because of his love of the water. Mm-hmm. But he had a but, really hard time with seasickness. He would just get sick oh. on the bus, he said. And any single time that he was in any moving <laughs> object, and this is true, he said, I would have a grumbling in, in, in my tummy. I would be I would be uncomfortable controllably sick I would be uh, incredibly uh, just nauseous and then I was like afterwards he said that magically somehow when he got onto the submarine his seasickness was cured and he knew Uh, he was in the right place that is absolutely crazy Uh, I guess you gotta if if you are uh, you know training someone to become a seaman you gotta shake him really hard like that fat kid (laughs) in Billy Madison (laughs) (laughs) Brooke and I had a chance to to, uh, tour a naval vessel in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'm six foot seven. She is six feet tall. Not for us. <laughs> yeah. So Not what did you do? Us. Did you just have to like go around to the side of the boat and just lay face down on the water and a couple of sailors just rolled you like a, Yeah, they came up like inside of me. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was, mis- I cannot imagine living in that kind of life. I couldn't either. Uh, Bill said on that trip from Portland to Pearl Harbor, he saw a pewter-colored metal machine flying in and out of the ocean. It wasn't glowing, didn't have any lights, but Bill maintains that it was intelligently controlled. He mm. said the craft dipped in and out of the water for about 10 minutes before it flew away. Now, you, you also, he goes into very intense detail in the book and in his lecture series about what he saw. He said he basically saw a, a hole open up in the water, like a vacuum kind of sucked everything out, and the creature, the, the ship 
lifted up out, mm. dangled, popped back in and out of the water like it was washing shit off of itself, right? It was like coming <laughs> in and out of a bucket. Yeah, but or like an egg. He, <laughs> he says in the story, it's kind of crazy because it's the way the, the periscope moves back and forth. They would just catch it and bits and pieces, and he's freaking out. Next to his black friend named Lincoln and his Native American friend named Geronimo, which you, has, <laughs> you did not bring up in any of this. He has so many That's incredible. sequences in his life. Bill Lincoln and Geronimo. Uh, Geronimo? Uh-huh. Wow, that's a that's a that's a that's a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, that's real though. That's in the book. That's cool. Well, when Bill was questioned by his superiors as to what he'd seen, he told him the truth that he'd seen a flying saucer. But that was the wrong answer. Uh-oh. Always. Always. And after being berated, screamed at, and threatened by a superior officer, Bill was asked again, what did you see? This time, he got the whole thing, and he answered, nothing, and signed numerous documents swearing him to secrecy. Because he was a true, uh, he believed in the American dream. He showed up as a very hardcore supporter of the military, and he believed that you did that you it was your duty to follow your your lead officer's commands, and he was a very good soldier, which allowed him to eventually get the clearance that he would get. All right. After that, he was accepted to the Naval Security and Intelligence School, where he became an internal security specialist. This designation meant Bill was in charge of setting up security perimeters, securing installations and buildings, and most importantly, safeguarding classified information. Now, I got to say, it sounds more exciting than what the job actually is. <laughs> yes. Because yes. it is like kind of like putting up plaques, maybe a little tape here every now you and again. You literally stand next to files. Yes. <laughs> you're not, you can't even look at them. You're not supposed no, to. No, you're look not allowed them. to look at them. Now, after graduating, Bill was shipped off to the war in Vietnam. This yeah. is about 67 or so, 68. <laughs> there, he heard rumors that entire villages had just up and vanished after UFOs were seen flying above. And he mm. also said that he heard that both sides had opened fire on UFOs only to be met with a light weapon. Yeah, fuckers. Ooh, that's, cool. the coolest, that's like the coolest movie idea I could fucking think of. It's UFOs yeah. in Vietnam. And you have like a guy named Cleveland down the muck being like, I tell you what, we got Charlies in the trees. But last week, I had clacks on my butthole. Oh, man. Vietnam was hard on everybody. Then they come home and the hippies throw trash at them and spit on them. They were fighting aliens on our behalf, defending our freedoms in Vietnam. Well, Bill said every instance of a quote-unquote Vietnamese helicopter was actually a UFO. Fuck yeah, dude. Just go with Vietnamese <laughs> helicopters, man. I think it was a helicopter and they couldn't read the writing on the side of it. They're like, that's technically unidentified. <laughs> Well, that's what they said. And they also said that the UFO activity was most intense around the DMZ. Well, would, would that make sense, though? Don't yeah. uh, the aliens tend to go towards places of chaos and stuff like that? Isn't there like a theory about that? I don't know. I mean, I know they tend to go towards water a lot. Well, there's uh, fresh water is one. They buzz by a lot of our secret military bases, depending on whether or not they're a part of the Gaeta Treaty or not. We don't know because technically it's just with the Greys, but we can't necessarily tell which type of alien is, is maneuvering which craft, right? So I imagine, yes, yeah, a lot of time they show up. They show up in war zones, They'll, but then they'll also they'll just take a kid up there and suck its stick, too. I mean, like, it'll do, <laughs> they'll do whatever. Wow. They're, 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 you know, you're you really starting to sound like a MUFON expert there for a second, but then you did kind of flip back into being yourself. They are very much so like the Outback. No rules. No <laughs> rules. Blue and onion? 
<laughs> what? And the blooming onion does look like a spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of no rules, the UFOs even abducted and mutilated two American soldiers and just left them behind to rot. Mm. But we'll get into the reasons behind that on episode two. Now, all this stuff is just rumor. Right. Or at least it was at the time. Mm-hmm. But later, Bill said he found out that most of these rumors were true. Bum, yeah. bum, bum. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> See, after the war, Bill joined the Office of Naval Intelligence, where, in pretty short order, he achieved the highest security clearance there is. Top secret, magic restricted. Fuck yeah! That's, <laughs> oh god, I want the fucking tattooed on the, the right above my butt. <laughs> I mean, was like Dean Warmer, his sergeant? <laughs> Double secret probation. Top secret, magic, whatever, restricted. Now, with this clearance, Bill somehow read and presumably memorized hundreds, if not thousands of documents about the Kennedy assassination, Mm. UFOs, aliens in the government, the plan for the New World Order, and much, much more. Think about how what an incredible TV show this is. What a great pitch this is. Is that you're the guard uh, in the vault of the NSA, and every episode is you open up the file, and you got a new fucking story. He's sitting there. He's the fucking LeVar Burton of conspiracy (laughs) theories. It's incredible. You know what he should have had with him at all times? Silly putty. Because <laughs> yes. you, you know silly putty can actually grab ink yeah. off of the page. I used to do use my Marmaduke. And I would yeah. stretch out Marmaduke and make him bigger. And then the uh, the crushing loneliness of being the only person holding the scepter of truth is then you could wrap around your dick and you could fuck it every once in a while. Silly putty. That's the silly part of it. <laughs> when Bill got out of the Navy, he said he tried leaking all this information to a reporter but got a visit from the men in black for his troubles. Mm. Bill said they forced him off the road, causing an accident, which lost Bill his leg. And that's true. Mm. I didn't realize that he was missing a leg. Yeah, they, he got into a bad car accident in the early oh. 70s, and they had to amputate his leg. You didn't notice when, that he always stood at an angle? <laughs> no, I, had, I watched a lot of the footage. I didn't, it, good, it must be a good fake leg. When the Mibs visited Bill in the hospital, he swore to them that he'd keep his mouth shut forever. But over the following 16 years, Bill said he spent $27,000 disseminating the information he had to various sources around the world. And that's not $27,000 in, like, accountant money or, like, Hollywood actor money. That's $27,000 in UFO truther money. That's a lot of money. Yes, that's like $9 million. Yeah, what is is the currency of a dollar in UFO (laughs) currency? They are, whatever it is, they will... Lick your feet for it. They are in, in desperate need of money. Well, Bill then started going on lecture tours, and by 1991, Bill Cooper was finally ready to publish his findings in one of the most well-known and influential conspiracy books ever written, Behold a Pale Horse. Get into it. So this was now the early 70s where he's on these lecture tours after the Navy? No, and, uh, no, this is the no, 90s. Yeah. This oh, this. And, oh, so we fast forward a lot of time here. Yeah, we fast okay. forward. Well, because we don't know a whole lot about that time. Bill Cooper tends to actually fast forward a lot of the time because okay. all the information we've given so far is from the first chapter of the book. Mm. And Bill Cooper's bi- biographical information admittedly does jump around quite well, a bit. The only real source we have for Bill Cooper is Bill Cooper, mm. besides his military record. Well, according to him, what it does seem like is that he spent that whole time period. He was in the Navy for a long time. Like he was there for about. 
10, 15 years. When he right. came out, the it was the that time period was when he was cobbling together the articles that would become Behold a Pale Horse. He was he was writing these little mini essays and photographing them in various offices and leaving them places and mailing them to people. Like he worked on this book for like five years. So the the time suck. The big missing time here is him feverishly alone in a hotel room, probably in whitey tidies, about uh-huh. seven or nine <laughs> fucking millers deep oh, into yeah. just typing on an old school typewriter, which is how I want to end my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, this is what the, the one sad thing with our technological era. You don't get that anymore. The, tic- the, the hard <laughs> research. Because he could have done all this stuff nowadays with like an e- a spam email list. Well, Bill you Cooper know. was the one who already, he did the work. Like Bill uh. Cooper was the guy that like put down the groundwork for all of this modern conspiracy thought. And Bill Cooper actually he wasn't a loner. This guy had a wife and two daughters uh, who stood by him the entire time. Like his wife was extremely supportive of him, uh, like all throughout this. And she had a full face and both feet. Look at that, <laughs> more than him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know he said he spent twenty seven thousand dollars. What his plan was that after the visit from the men in black in the hospital, he figured the only way he could safely publish something like Behold a Pale Horse was if he spent years upon years disseminating this information Mm. uh, and making sure that it was already out there so by the time he published his book, you know, people would not I mean, Bill Cooper's paranoia cannot be understated. Let's just go ahead Uh, and say that. Yeah, because he got (laughs) into it, because he actually touched the he touched the sphere of the truth, which ruins Mm. everything. And Behold a Pale Horse, just know this, when you do read this, uh, if, if you haven't since, because last time I read it was in high school, now rereading it. Each chapter requires several rereadings because <laughs> of the amount of, he does really try to like cite sources. Yes, the sources are all like the world's biggest conspiracy and like how the police can smell your dick and like all like weird books. But he has a lot of sources where you can go through and it's just fact, 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 quote yeah. unquote fact, quote unquote fact. Fact, mm-hmm. fact, fact. And then some of the stranger sources that he credits are just like, Tuesday when I was on the toilet. And you just have to find that. <laughs> like, I, I thought okay. about that. When, <laughs> just a snapshot yeah. of him on the toilet. <laughs> You'll notice where I thought about that. Well, if you do read it, I would recommend start with chapter 10. And go backwards? Go, so yes. read chapter, yeah, yes. start with chapter 10 and then go back to chapter 1. It's because, like Benjamin Button. Because <laughs> chapters 1 through 9, uh, he keeps name dropping all these things like alternatives 1, 2, and 3. Which and he doesn't all explain until chapter 10. He, do, <laughs> he doesn't explain. And in chapter 10, he explains it all very well. Like Listen, he, I, am, I am a Navy man, okay? <laughs> I am not an author. I am a naval man. Yeah, it's, Behold a Pale Horse is definitely, it's a, it's a puzzle that you have to... And you also, you don't need to read all of it because it it is a thick book, but a lot of it, like half of it is uh, appendices. All right. Uh, Like he, for some reason, decides to completely reprint the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Not for anti-Semitic purposes. We'll get into the reason why that of that later. But that's what makes him different than any other conspiracy theorist. He's trying to be as transparent as possible about his process and show, look, I did all of these. I did this work for decades. I'm trying to piece this together. Yes, it's made me insane yes a lot Mm -hmm. of it doesn't necessarily match up but if you just think about it just hard enough or just not enough (laughs) you can make the connections this podcast is brought to you by squarespace finding work-life balance can be tough but squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online 
With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God, I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow, I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, before we really get into the information contained in this book, it's important to get into the mindset of Bill Cooper. Mm. We need to align with this guy. Henry will now read an excerpt from the introduction of the book. 
Before reading this book, I advise you to play at least two complete games of chess. You must learn the rules they play by. You must realize objectively that some pieces are more valuable than others, and that the king is the most valuable of all. You cannot learn reality if you get caught up in the fantasy that, quote-unquote, it's not fair. He talks about chess a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah, because yes. you know what? This is before the Matrix. Because <laughs> oh, every other yes. conspiracy theorist since the Matrix has come out has used, and so he's using a nice actual like uh, a thing that makes sense. The key, all yeah. of that shit makes sense. You yeah. know what I think we've got to do? Unionize the pawns. <laughs> then who's the most powerful players on the board, King? Uh, ben, you need to read Behold a Pale Horse. <laughs> also, technically, the queen is the most powerful piece on the entire board, which shows you... Women's power, yes, queen. They're out there going diagonal as many spaces as they want. Okay, and now we'll wait five minutes as Henry pats himself on the back <laughs> for saying something, <laughs> I guess, mildly correct. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the sound you make when you're congratulating yourself? <laughs> After the biographical information about himself, Cooper includes a copy of a document called Silent Weapons and Quiet Wars. Mm. That document was written anonymously in 1979, but was not discovered until 1986 when it was found in a copier bought at a surplus sale. This is big. This is how these documents get found. I feel like I had the sheet of paper. Where could I have? Ah, did we sell the copier? Did someone sell the copier? I left the truth in the copier! Ah. Uh, in this document, the author describes the silent weapons as those that shoot situations, not bullets, originating from a computer instead of a gun, cool. operated by a programmer instead of a marksman, under the orders of a banker, Instead of a general. Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it's like economics. It, yeah, it really Yeah, it's like economics. It um the first chapter t makes no sense. But it, it boils does. down to but if you read it a bunch, it does make sense, but it's the most true thing in the entire book. Because it basically talks about we'll get into this. It's about the it's about how uh the New World Order is gonna use the economy to manipulate us all. Well, really, like all in all, the whole thing, it makes some really pretty good points about yeah. how like the wealthy, aka the New World Order, mm -hmm. keep the poor down through inferior education and economic manipulation. I mean, this is it was written in 1979. It even predicted targeted advertising, like we see mm. with Google and Facebook. It says, eventually every individual element of the economic structure comes under computer control through a knowledge of personal preferences, mm. such knowledge guaranteed by computer association of consumer preferences. He has stumbled upon the truth with that one, that's he for sure. absolutely stumbled upon the truth 40 years before it wow. happened. What it does talk about is the concept of, essentially, currency was used to manipulate human beings since the beginning of time. Like, as soon as we showed up and they, they realized that, oh, humans are money, then they can just, once they start thinking about the flow of human life, like the flow of money, they know, they figured out how they can manipulate us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes, sure. it, it makes these great points, but... Like most conspiracy writing, it shoots itself in the foot by immediately following that with... Consumers will be identified via association with the use of a credit card, and later a permanent tattooed body number, invisible under normal ambient illumination. I don't think that that's far uh, out of the realm this of reality. Is, you don't think so? There's already that's a company, I believe it was in Wisconsin, that is putting the chip in their employees so they can walk through easier and they can go and get their lunch easier. Swear to God, that's how they're selling it. Ugh. This is no longer a conspiracy. 
Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, they are putting the chips in people. Fuck. Mark of the Beast, buddy. No, this is what I was saying. Marcus and I get into a lot because he says a lot of things, oh, these things will never happen. I was like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I know for a fact that the shit's in the fucking pike. I well, know fucking Wendy, my doggie, has got a little tattoo where her chip is. Yeah, because so you did that to her. <laughs> yes. You megalomaniac. Yeah. You lord of the house. I'm the new world order of this fucking house. Exactly. Wendy, but guess what? Wendy is being brought up to be a success. She's brought up to be a member of the elite. She will be a member of the Illuminati as soon as she learns not to shit in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not going to happen if you continue to mix the dry and the wet food, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk time. about it. <laughs> so with the scene set as to the methods of the new world order, Cooper then moves into the origins of the secret societies that run the world. And note that I say societies, mm. not society. Here they are as listed in Behold a Pale Horse. The Order of the Quest, the Jason Society, the Roshanaya, the Kabbalah, the Knights Templar, the Knights of Malta, the Knights of Columbus, the Jesuits, the Masons, the Ancient and Mystical Order of Rose Crucius, the Illuminati, the Nazi Party, the Communist Party, the Executive Members of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Group, the Brotherhood of the Dragon, the Rosicrucians, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, the Open Friendly Secret Society, aka the Vatican, the Russell Trust, the Skull and Bones, the Scroll and Key, they are all the same and all work towards the same ultimate goal of a new world order and they are all out to rule the world. You forgot about the Burger King Kids Club. <laughs> and the Burger King Kids Club with Wheelie out there. That's very they awesome. All, they all answer to the round table of the nine, which is technically mm. the very top of the pyramid. And what we're basically, what they say here is that the quote-unquote Illuminati is just one of the many, many various groups that are centered around different areas of the world. Like the Illuminati, like the Vatican controls the half of Europe. You've got the uh, the <sighs> Royal Institute of the Internet, the Royal International Institute runs the UK. Here we have the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission. Those are, the, those are our point men that all show up and meet at the Bilderberg meetings would then answer up to the round table of the nine. And then at some point the plans are dis disseminated amongst each other uh, when two nuclear submarines meet underneath the Arctic polar caps. Um, they meet there together where the, the Russian people, the, the Russian government are the ones that do all the dirty work for the various secret groups. Hey, you know what and I say? Meet with Slow down a little bit. <laughs> you know why you're kind of a funny joke about the Russians. Anyway, continue. I'm fucking, and that's when I get my gut. Just like start shooting in the air. But also, it's shit like this. I want to all read this from his book, too, which which I think will also help illuminate things a little bit more. Because you know all of this is purposely orchestrated, again, by numerology. Yes. And I think it's important <laughs> to remember, this is how you can see how all of this works out, because it's yeah. about numbers. All right, Anytime now. Henry says, and you know this is all, it's like, I don't know what's going to come next. And also, it's pretty staggering how many times Bill Cooper says, coincidence? I think not. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> the numbers 3, 7, 9, 11, 13, 39, and any multiple of these numbers have special meaning to the Illuminati. Notice that the Bilderberg Group has a core of 39 members who are broken into three groups of 13 members in each group. Notice at the core of 39 answers to the 13 who make up the policy committee. Take special notice that the 13 members of the policy committee answer to the round table of nine. You know the original number of states in the United States of America was 13. The Constitution has seven articles and was signed by 
39 members of the Constitutional Convention. The United States was born on July 4th, 1776. July is the seventh month of the year. Add seven for July and four, and you have 11. One plus seven plus seven plus six equals 21, which is a multiple of three and seven. Add two plus one, and you get three. Look at the numbers in 1776, and you see two sevens and a six, which is a multiple of three. Coincidence, you say? I say baloney. And I'd like, I'm, and really, I'd like to say something a lot stronger. For those of you who still say it's accidental, however, I offer the following evidence. I could write a book just on numer- numerical links, but I won't. <laughs> Interesting. Now, is it possible that like we have nine and thirteen because uh, you have to have a, you, you have to have odd numbers so someone can break a tie? <laughs> you you show up doing none of the reading. You come into the yeah. you come into the but room. But is that possible though? We have been sitting reading for hours, and all yeah. this makes sense to us watching videos, long docs, and you just show up in here. And, oh, you think with your little precious bomb mots, yeah, your little your, bits of quote there's a group of eight or twelve. <laughs> that it, you, there's a chance for a tie in which case <laughs> nothing would be finished well all this started centuries ago with the brotherhood of the snake yeah, whose, <laughs> whose main commitments were the guarding of the quote-unquote secrets of the ages and the exaltation of lucifer the light bringer as the one true god their ultimate goal, which they are still presumably working towards, as remember, Behold a Pale Horse was written in 1991, is to remake the world in their own image as a Luciferian totalitarian socialist state. Give it to me! <laughs> Give it to me! Doesn't sound fun. Now, other conspiracy theories, specifically our friends over at BibliotecaPleiades.com, yes. Say that the Brotherhood of the Snake was yeah. conceived 6,000 years ago in ancient Sumeria, long before Lucifer was even conceptualized. Bibliotheca Pleiades says that the Brotherhood began with an alien named Enki who created mankind as a slave race through a hybridization program that combined aliens with primitive earth creatures, mm. possibly Neanderthals. Also, oh. big, gigantic, like, because there were big, like, dinosaur hogs that they yeah. used. There was like dinosaur hogs and there was like dinosaur hippos that they would use and they made humans out of them. And again, it was because the aliens were sick of, u- of digging for gold for their starships for themselves. Yeah. So this is the classic right. ancient aliens story that was personalized by the Sumerians. Or could it be? Um, <laughs> I uh, I was nicknamed Hippo, so it all comes together. Oh, yeah, wow. it's just not a clever name. I was just fat and <laughs> with the skin pigment of a hippo. <laughs> But after a few years of looking over the humans he created, Enki started feeling sympathy towards his creations, who were ignorant about their origins. And so he formed the Brotherhood of the Snake for the purpose of... (laughs) The purpose of, quote-unquote, illuminating them. So it was the first secret school. It was the first time that there was going to be... So what a secret school means is that there's an initiation rite to get you into the back door where a priest character will teach people like the, the uh, a certain truth and then they mask the truth with stories for everyone else. But... Enki's superiors weren't on board with all this in the least bit, and for Hmm. Enki's crimes, he was deported to Earth for all eternity, cursed to die and be reborn in endless cycles, meaning any one of us could be the reincarnated spirit of Enki, and we wouldn't even know it. Wouldn't even know it. You know who it is? Who? I know who it is. Who? Ted Danson. (laughs) 
<laughs> and dancing. That makes sense. He's in Smirnoff commercials. Shmirnoff. What does the Illuminati want? They want us drunk. Of course, the Brotherhood of the Snake was eventually infiltrated by the Draconians, a.k.a. the Reptilians, and the whole thing was flipped and reversed into a secret society that distorted knowledge instead of clearing it all up. All right. And out of that reptilian version of the Brotherhood came Freemasonry, the Rosicrucians, the Knights Templar, the Knights of Malta, the OTO. Yep. Oh, it, what's OTO again? What's <laughs> Ordo Templi Orientis. Remember we hung out with that OTO guy in uh, Atlanta. Remember the one that looks like Bob from Twin Peaks? Yes. Yeah, yeah Rob. Oh, yeah. Rob's the best. He's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, he's great. Nice guy. Oh, very much so. Should I have been scared? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. He's a great guy. Okay. And of course... The always dependable Illuminati came out of the Brotherhood of the State. Because remember, this is there are many different versions of this story, right? We said like the Illum- This is the the concept of the Black Nobility. Now, where in Bill Cooper, Bill, he says the Black Nobility are the people that are essentially the di- direct descendants of Jesus Christ, and so they have a lot of importance in various political and economic spheres in, sp- in terms of the idea of the New World Order. But according to David Icke, the Black Nobility is what is also viewed as the the higher powered hybrids between reptilians and human beings that were then put in place in various areas, but Bill Cooper says that, that they the reptilians lied to the Illuminati, saying that they were aliens in order to get more influence over them, but actually they came from inside of the Earth, that they are just lizards, they're iguanas that evolved the same way we evolved from chimpanzees, so it's a lie and a lie and a lie and a lie and a lie. That makes it a truth. <laughs> That's interesting, though, because David Icke actually got famous being post-soccer career, of course, yes. claiming that he was Jesus. Yeah. Remember, it was, was, was it 1977? Somewhere around Something then. like that, and then he promised the end of the world, it didn't happen. And then he had to he had to rethink the inks. Yeah, uh, like like Chris Farley and Beverly Hills Ninja. But yeah. Well, speaking of David Icke, the only stock conspiracy theory group missing from this whole scenario are the Jewish peoples, who are actually victims in all this as well, according to Bill Cooper. In fact, I go as far as to say that this is one of the few, if not the only, non-anti-Semitic worldwide conspiracy theory out there. Round of applause. Wow. And this is where the ancient aliens and Bill Cooper's theories join together once more, as they both agree on this one point in particular. The Jews' part to play in all this is the patsy, taking the rap for the protocols of the elders of Zion. You see, it was not a Jewish document at all. I mean, it never really was. It was a whole, like, satire thing, but a lot of people blame it on the Jewish people. For the purposes of this conspiracy, the protocols are actually a coded Illuminati document that also did the double duty of making the Jews look bad. Mm. The secret to the whole code Uh is to replace Zion with Sion and replace the words Jews and Goyim with Illuminati and cattle. Oh, interesting. Do it. Go do it right now. Stop the car. Go do it. Go look up the protocol. Dude, honestly, if you're at work, please do not look up the protocol. No, do not. No, keep your job. Do not do please. it. Please. Keep Dude, your job. Yeah, anywhere anybody has a look at your yes. history. Also know that during this episode, one of the funniest funnest parts of the researching this episode and listening to this episode is that every one of these terms, if you type into Google or YouTube, you will have the uh, another fucking rabbit hole to oh, jump yeah. down. There's so much stuff. Oh, by here. the way, just a quick uh, side note. I was walking through News Corps the other day about to do Fox News, and I ran into someone who works for a very successful judge, and he's a big listener. So we've infiltrated News Corps. <laughs> uh, so this episode will be heard from very powerful people inside. <laughs> well, we'll see if I get fucking murdered or not. <laughs> 
Well, all this Illuminati stuff and Freemasonry stuff and Vatican stuff and all that, we've given you a taste of what Bill Cooper says about this. Just a little <clears throat> smidge. If we were to get into all this shit, you want to drive your goddamn car into oncoming traffic because this shit, it gets very boring and very convoluted very, very quickly. I uh, usually don't, as, as Henry points out on a regular basis, don't do a lot of the research. <laughs> um, but I will say, Bill Cooper, if you do go in a YouTube hole, there is something about his voice that is relatively soothing. Yeah. So I was just doing dishes. I just had it on in the background. He's actually pretty, well, he's a radio guy. Oh my so God, he knows- doing dishes that mean you cooked a meal yeah we have gas market <laughs> and i want to thank megan from oregon for the unbelievable cookbook that she sent as well what did you eat what did you make oh my god well brooke has been cooking uh, and i've been doing most of the eating hence doing the dishes uh-huh. uh, uh yeah, it was it good. was a chicken it was like a it was just good it was vegetables yeah. it was like i'm starting to lose that weight gets a, that gets a I'm back on my plan it, it smelt like a home for the first time, my apartment. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some interesting parts about all the, like, Illuminati, Freemason, Pope, uh, economic manipulation shit. Like, for example, did you know oh. that Pope John Paul II, according to Bill Cooper, was the salesman who originally sold the Nazis the Zyklon B poison they then used to exterminate people in concentration camps? I don't want to say this, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, it's the Pope is the one who's supposed to choose the actual head of the New World Order, but technically the Pope can make a move and make himself the actual leader of the New World Order. And right now there's a deep rift between the various contingencies of the Illuminati as whether or not the Pope is going to take the throne for himself or he's going to abdicate to someone else more popular like Barack Obama. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And if the Pope chooses the wrong person, then that person becomes the Antichrist. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Judge Reinhold is out. <laughs> But, you know, for the most part, if you want to read all this stuff, it's all out there for you. You know, it's all in Behold a Pale Horse if you really want to get deep into all the Illuminati shit. But we're just not going to break it down here. What we're going to break down is FEMA. I love it. (laughs) FEMA, the people who were just so great in their Katrina response. (laughs) Now, Bill Cooper may hold a little bit of blame for whipping up anti-FEMA hysteria. Now, the conspiracy theories surrounding FEMA have been around since since its inception in the late 70s, but Cooper definitely kept the fire hot in the 90s until it really came back around in about like 99, 2000. These are, these are the FEMA death camps, right? These this are the FEMA, is that all? Yeah, the, the, well, there's the FEMA concentration camps. Yes. It, seriously, people have been talking about this since Jimmy Carter instituted it in the late 70s. Okay. People, for some reason, have a hatred of big tents. <laughs> they don't like seeing them. Well, according to Bill Cooper, FEMA's official capacity as a quote-unquote emergency management branch of the government uh-huh. is nothing more than a ruse designed to mask its real objective, which is the subjugation of our local, state, and federal governments in the event of a national emergency. So, I actually have a hard time understanding this one. They just want to give people houses after after a catastrophic, uh, catastrophic event. Give people cages! But a, a house is a cage! As long as they can get out of it, it's fine. But that's what Gaddafi did in Libya, gave everyone a house, and people are just like, that's the start of it. But I, I just don't fully understand it. Well, what it was is that it all a lot of it comes from certain bills that were passed uh, in the 80s, specifically one that like Oliver North passed oh. uh, that did, that was, I mean, the way it was 
worded was pretty fucking vague. Uh, uh, and it could have been interpreted any number of ways. But, of course, guys like Bill Cooper, they all say that, you know, it has to do with uh, the right wing, uh, that they're coming against the Patriot movement, mm. uh, that they're coming against militias. And when, in fact, Oliver North was targeting it at left wing groups. I mean, he was still doing bad shit, but he was not worried the about contra, the Patriot groups. The Contra needed weapons, you know? <laughs> they had to have them. They had but to have they say, Basically, they, they would fake an emergency. They would group all these people in giant tents, and what they have here, basically, they would re-educate them I using see. drugs and hypnotism. And so that's how you put them all together into these big areas. And what we, Marcus and I talk about all the time is that, like, yes, technically the Illuminati just wants to use us for our money and power and possibly, uh, and you know, just to control us as a group of people. Why would you want to put us in concentration camps? And right. I say that this kind of shit is more of an example of force of what we can do. What we choose to do is hypnotize you and sell you things because essentially what we want is your organ energy, which is eventually comes from your slow <laughs> satisfaction over time where the phone slowly dissolves your relationships yeah. between your lovers and your dog and your fam- and your family. Henry, and I, so I hate to break it to you. It's a uh, Oregon energy. <laughs> I'm, uh, sorry about that, but uh, that's just the truth. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at the Japanese internment camps and things like that. The U.S. has a, has a history. Yeah, I mean, the, the U.S. has definitely put people in internment camps in the past, but, you know, there's still no evidence. Right. There, there, there's no evidence that That little FEMA, pesky thing of evidence. Yeah, that little Why pesky thing. Why would there be, though? <laughs> Why would there yeah. be? Cooper says that when the hour comes, all patriots will be rounded up and placed into FEMA camps for re-education. He, he's seen the documents. So free education. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice, actually. Yeah, that, that does sound, sound nice. nice. Yeah, that does sound nice. Free education. I'm feeling the burn. But Bill Cooper says that if this ever happens... It's going to happen on a holiday. Mm. And particularly, if it does happen, Uh it would happen on the one day that everyone, especially patriots, would be loaded with heavy food and booze. We're talking Thanksgiving. Oh, it's coming up. The ro- the war on Thanksgiving is real. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's perpetrated by the government. Wow. And here's what Bill wrote, in all caps, I might add, in Behold a Pale Horse about all that. My recommendation is no patriot should ever be at home or at the home of any family member on any holiday ever again until the traitors have been hung and the Constitution restored as the supreme law of the land. This has been Bill Cooper spreading the truth. Uh, Bill, we've got your yams. The yams are ready and the sweet potatoes. Get out of here, Grandma! Well, you're part I, of the I, You don't want it now? You're, you're making my... You're being a liability. We're Anybody who close to me gets now, hurt. Bill. Bill. Honestly, but think about... This makes me feel a lot of feelings for Bill Cooper. He has never been able to have a cupcake. Oh. He's never been able to sit and just like have a leisurely yeah. walk because at some point he's like... This is when they're going to come get me. Yeah. As soon as my fucking back is turned, as soon as my wary eye has relaxed into a sleepy dip, they'll come and find me. Yeah, that is too bad. But if you think about it, you know, they didn't want the uh, the the Thanksgiving. The turkey was supposed to be the national bird. Yeah. What's in turkey? Tryptophan. What does that make you do? <laughs> Fall asleep. See, you're making connections. So now you're getting it. it. They went with the eagle. I am getting it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel bad for his family. You know, every Thanksgiving, <laughs> every <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> like they can never Like they have to get in their RV and drive out to the middle of the woods because Dad thinks that the government's going to come and get him. He is like a conspiracy theory, Clark Griswold. 
<laughs> it's him and Art Bell. But it could him be and Art Bell are the honestly, last like real yeah. dudes. They were like they were they were really yeah. truly into this shit. I think until the kids are like ten years old, it's got to be a little bit fun to have wacky dad. Yeah, like yeah. wacky dad is probably kind of fun until you realize uh, we're different than the others. Yeah, exactly. wait till I get the wait till I get the two Asian children. I will eventually adopt that. I will just tell that I'm not going to tell them that they're Asian. I will just tell them they're very Polish <laughs> and that we've had them. <laughs> And then they will be here in the house, just like hanging out. Oh, there we're gonna have a lot of fun in sounds, my bunker. Sounds like you do not have the pro- proper motivation for adoption. Oh, I'm gonna re-educate them. I'm gonna free-educate them about all of this stuff because I'll have nothing but these books. Well, there's, I mean, as far as Bill Cooper goes, like, there's a reason why he's so goddamn paranoid. Let, yeah. I mean, let's go through some of, of his other theories, just like just some of the other stuff that he truly believes. Because with Bill Cooper, like Henry said, like this guy is a true believer. Right. I mean, in every sense of the word. Let's start with the baby boom. Okay. Now, as we all know, after World War II, the population of the United States exploded. The problem was the elite knew that the overpopulation of the earth would eventually be the downfall of humankind. Mm. They responded to this with a two-pronged attack. Uh-oh. Lower the birth rate uh-huh. and increase the death rate. Increase the death rate. <laughs> Interesting. The lowering of the birth rate was actually pretty good for everyone. They introduced diaphragms. Mm-hmm. They made condoms a lot easier to get. Uh, they introduced foams and, most importantly, birth control pills. Yes. But that was only half the plan. As Bill Cooper points out, it looks bad if people find out their government is systematically murdering them. You can't just round everyone up and shoot every tenth person in the head. So mad because uh, they took my fucking uncle out there and they shot him in the yeah, fucking well, head. Even though you fucking hated your uncle. Who gives maybe they li- maybe he liked his uncle though. Well, they had to use more covert means than that to raise the death rate. And this was said to be done through the introduction of disease through vaccines. Oh, and we, no. can't, we can't blame anti-vaccine on Bill Cooper. because I mean, that idea has been around since the ex- inception of vaccines. Like, when they first introduced the smallpox vaccine, uh, religious leaders hmm. said that it was unchristian because it was made from animals and it went against the will of God. No, I'm pretty sure the anti-vaxxer movement began with Jenny McCarthy when she was on Oprah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's when it all started, if I'm correct with my timeline. I did a little bit of reading on that, the history of anti-vaxxing uh, when I was doing research on this and it, it's pretty fascinating it's hmm. it is no, it is not a new thing at all well it's just a mistrust of science and medicine right it's a mistrust of science and medicine it's a personal you freedom you mean to tell thing. me them scientists man gonna put disease in me hmm? yeah. <laughs> oh you don't touch me scientists man <laughs> yeah, and Bill Cooper he didn't say anything about vaccinations causing autism oh, we like, okay. yeah yeah no it was absolutely nothing like that what he said vaccines caused was AIDS ah okay <laughs> interesting an interesting take on uh, much much on much AIDS. different uh, okay. than autism Bill Cooper said that the ruling class used small po- smallpox vaccines vaccines in Africa and hepatitis B vaccines in America to thin out the black, Hispanic, and gay populations as they were considered by the most evil among us to be expendable. Well, this is what a lot of uh, pro-life people say as well about Margaret Sanger, the woman who founded Planned Parenthood. It kind of wraps all into it uh, as well. 
that she is a person. Well, she was extremely racist, but yeah. that was her. That was uh, oh, that was her plan that to take was the down plan. the black yeah. pop, black and Hispanic population. That was it. But it's weird how like that idea has been around for a very long time, and yeah. the the idea of AIDS being, especially that AIDS was incredibly scary in the early nineties. This was definitely it was viewed as the plague. It oh was going to be killing was, everybody because yeah. they didn't know how to. Because at first, when they just made it grid and they said it was a gay disease, they it, it mm-hmm. helped like isolate it, and so people weren't as panicked about it. And as soon as it really came known that anybody could have it, it was, uh, I mean, it was very scary. And oh, I yeah. could see how we used it to, uh, I, I see having a mistrust of the government. And I also get the idea of, because what did we do? The syphilis tests? We did those tests on um, the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. We did a bunch of oh, shit yeah. where it's like the, the United States government had the United States government has played with diseases, uh, as and the CIA. Oh, totally. Use San Francisco as a fucking testing ground for many shit. They they, dro- they drop shit into the water of the population all, all the time, and then you got fucking dioxin. We don't want to fucking get into that kind of shit. Yeah, my brother-in-law Don. He's about uh, you know he's a little bit he's a little bit aged, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he lost so many people uh, to the AIDS epidemic. I mean, it's it's so real. Um, and yeah, I mean, making it a gay disease, then the government just ignored it for 20 years. Yeah, of you course. Know? Yeah, the Ronald Reagan, you know, completely ignored it. Everybody ignored it for a very long time. Whoever, I mean, a lot of people were just dying of cancer. Yeah. Like Rock Hudson. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, and Klaus Nomi, let us not forget. That's right. Well, there were other programs in place besides just this one. Uh, Bill said that the government fertilized tobacco fields with radioactive material from uranium mines, causing a huge increase in cancer among smokers. Honestly, give me that cigarette. <laughs> like, give me that cigarette immediately. That's just sad because he's just mad that the fucking government ruined cigarettes for him, but actually cigarettes just kill you. Yeah. Bill Cooper was just <laughs> probably smoking a lot of cigarettes and being like, I can't believe they're killing me with these. I think being it's like, the no, paper, Bill, you are. It's the paper around the cigarette. Cigarette. The government's <laughs> tainting the paper. Well, I mean, in uh, over the years, the tobacco companies did introduce a lot more uh, deadly chemicals into cigarettes to make them more addictive and mm. to make them last longer uh, and to make them not smell as bad, like introducing fiberglass, you know, oh, all, yeah. all kinds yeah. of shit. So there, cool. there is definitely something to, you know, the corporations, at least the corporations, introducing deadlier and deadlier chemicals into cigarettes. Kodiak, Cyanide. Uh, Kodiak chewing tobacco literally has fiberglass in it, so it mm-hmm. chops up your lip a little bit so you get that sweet Kodiak high. Same with menthol cigarettes. Yeah. And Joe Camel was actually based off a real guy. He was based after um, it was an Arabian millionaire that uh, Princess Diana had actually met while she was with Prince Charles before uh, they ended up divorcing each other. And he had the biggest, thickest cock <laughs> in the world. Really? And they called him Joe Camel because of that. It was racist. Yeah. And actually yeah. makes me really upset yeah. that they did that. Of course. Um, but he filled her up so to wall to wall. Inside of her vagina, that she was like, "We got to do so. We got to do something for him." Right, right. And so they tossed him the they tossed him the the camel spot. So they okay. traveled back. They traveled back in time, wow. thirty years, and whispered into an ad exec's ear, "Joe Camel, Joe Camel, Joe Camel, Camel Big Cock. <laughs> Guys smoke cigarettes, looking like a camel. Camel Big Cock. Cigarette Big Cock. We got <laughs> And the kids were hooked ever since. Well, Bill Cooper does give the Illuminati credit. They're right about one thing. The world is overpopulated. We have been destroying the environment for decades. 
and we are consuming resources at a pace that far outstrips their ability to regenerate. Yep. That's not an argument at all. I'm staring at two plastic cups right here. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm part of the problem. And the, part of the, the main concept of the Illuminati, right, was that a group of elites that were essentially bred and chosen to lead. Go, they are smarter than everybody else. They have the connections. They know how to do stuff. And a part of what they're trying to say is, yes, we're going to force you into this gigantic new world order, but it's for your own good. They have like certain rationalizations they keep saying. Stuff like, um, what about dirty bombs? What about like random crazy terrorism? If you just allow the new world order to take over, we'll eliminate all these security problems for you. We'll give you everything that you want. All you have to do, though, is a big chunk. You need to live in these camps so we can squeeze their orgone energy from you <laughs> to <laughs> give to our reptilian masters. And that's the truth, right? The idea is that we're trying to give stuff to the reptilian masters who appeared to the ancients in the form as the devil, as the snake. But actually, they were just aliens. And as a matter of fact, they weren't even aliens. They lived here. There it is. You remember I, when? What yeah. I was saying earlier about like conspiracy theorists, like at first it sounds like really good. Like, yeah, yeah man, like I, I, I hear what you're saying, like we're starting to get a dialogue going here and then just shoot themselves in the foot. Shoot themselves. Because <laughs> the longer, you don't honestly, the longer they talk. To cover all your bases. Uh-huh. You don't want to do, you don't want to well, go the thing to the that links I, that it takes. The thing that I disagree with most about what you just said, Henry, is that they're smart. They're all morons. Yeah. That's the great irony about they're, it all. They are all they, so stupid. Because it comes from the old idea of keeping, it comes from the old idea from keeping families pure. Yeah, but instead, exactly. what we're doing is just making all that you're just making all these dumb people by inbreeding. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, what like Henry said, like these guys, they're they're trying to make the uh, next evolutionary jump, and the next evolutionary jump in uh, human kind is the starseed, you know, space colonization. Uh, but and Bill Cooper agrees that that is the next step, but. He doesn't agree with how they're doing it. He proposes that the Illuminati are right, that our current system is unsustainable, but we don't need to kill people to fix it. Hmm. What's actually needed is a species-wide paradigm shift in our own evolutionary consciousness, although he, like the rest of us, are at a bit of a loss as to how we actually make that happen. All right. Got any ideas, Henry? Uh, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Uh, Honestly... (laughs) But Bill Cooper is right about this, and I've talked about this several times. It's the a, it's the realization and true understanding that we are an extension of the consciousness at the center of the universe. And the universe is a gigantic conscious living ent- entity. There's multiple, multiple of them uh, uh, upon each other, and we, what uh, what human consciousness is is the farthest extent of it. Where consciousness, just our physical corporal consciousness throughout the the universe on different planets, different races of other aliens. That that idea that we realize that we're all one one big organism and then mm-hmm. every single thing that we do reflects down the line you constantly are hurting each other and we hurt ourselves that's that's I like what you're saying I like what you're saying now what if we call it we are the world <laughs> and uh, we make a little like a pop jingle a pop like we are huh? the world you know, hey yeah. guys I know I'm a famous child molester but I'll definitely <laughs> sing that yeah. song for y'all okay thank you so well for, we'll forget about the first part because remember when he walks backwards yeah oh I love that they call it the moonwalk it looks like he's walking forwards but he's actually going, going backwards. backwards. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's pretty charming. I don't suck him or fuck him. I just sleep with him. Okay, but now isn't that, he looks like he's going forward, but now he's actually going backwards. He's actually going wow, backwards. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, before we get to the next evolutionary jump, it is important to remember 
Pinterest must not be at home on any national holiday during the day or night ever again until the danger is past. Disregard this warning and you will find yourself in a concentration camp. Like Jerry Lewis did in that movie. Oh, that, the one that's not to be released. <laughs> the clown who cried, which we will but see. Why would they be out of the house? Don't you think you would want to be in your house? Because isn't the government going to pick up people on the street to put them in the camps? No, 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 no. Because, they're not, because they're not just picking up anybody. They're picking up patriots, patriots. And they've got all the patriots' names and addresses in their gigantic patriot database. So when the day of reckoning comes, the shock troops are going to be sent specifically to the houses of the patriots in the middle of the night when they're drunk and full of turkey. So do you judge a patriot by how many downloads of Toby Keith songs they have? <laughs> what, what is the judge of a patriot? You know what, man? You're wiretapping on, you know, subscriptions and, and guns. That's why you don't register guns. Oh, because then they yeah. know who the patriots are. Because to be a patriot, you got to have a lot of guns. You uh, know that. Of course. Me. Of course. Listen, I know that. All of this shit's now rigged for sound. I've got an Alexa in one room. I've got the Echo in the other room. The fucking remote on the Apple yeah, TV. But you you to did that yeah, to you your own. No one yeah. forced you, you to chose, do that. You chose all of that. I want them to come for me. But it comes <laughs> down to it. It's like if they come and get me, is that not, not signal to everyone? That the fucking game is on. That the fucking starter pistol has been shot. Fucking New World Order starting. If they come for me, uh-huh. y'all better watch your fucking asses. When we get to the conclu- when we get into the later moments of Bill Cooper's life, I could see Henry doing something similar. Yeah, we're gonna if, we're gonna need an intervention on Henry. Yeah, why? at some point. Why? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. Because right now we're gonna get into the later years of Bill Cooper's life. <laughs> this is why, this is how it ends. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna tell you how that mindset ends, where that shit ends up. So in 1993, Bill Cooper began his career as a radio host with his show, The Hour of the Time. And this is not well known, but Bill Cooper, he didn't originate this term, but he was the guy who popularized the term sheeple. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's cool. legit. He's hardcore. Yeah. And from there, Cooper went on to become an Oklahoma City truther, claiming the government was behind the whole thing. And whether he truly believed this or just didn't want to admit that one of his listeners was the perpetrator is anyone's guess. Ah. We are going to have a lot of listeners who end up commit crimes. And it's not our fault. We're saying this right now. It's not our fault. (laughs) It is interesting. You could argue Bill Cooper was actually just as responsible for Oklahoma City as the government. Bill Uh, Clinton argued that. Yeah. They came right out and said, it. Yeah, Bill Clinton the, uh, never lied, not even once. Yeah, they, they came well, we'll right out to the White House released a memo specifically naming Bill Cooper as, quote, the most dangerous radio host in America. And you don't think that that's not on purpose and that doesn't fucking validate every single thing that he says? Because in July 1998, yes, he was officially charged with tax evasion, but Bill Cooper was... <laughs> but the reason why Bill Cooper was doing that was because that shows how fucking legit he is. He's not giving money to the fucking government. He doesn't want them to have it because he knows that they're going to fucking use it to fund their big tax that they're using for for free education. Uh, Maybe they're also using it to fund the roads that he drives onto the radio station every day. (laughs) He records in his home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a year after he was charged with tax evasion, Cooper sent his wife and kids out of the country for their own protection. Hmm. But all that didn't deter his radio career. Not the warrants, not sending his wife and kids out of town. As in the year 2000, Bill Cooper went head-to-head with a young upstart 
named Alex Jones. Fuck. <laughs> this is when Alex Jones, he was young, he was handsome, he was full voice. I don't he know. He was about, ready to I, go. I, I don't he know was, about the handsome part. He, oh, he was handsome. He was handsome. He, was, he just mildly looks like you, Henry. He was thinner. He, he wasn't was thin. handsome. He was just thinner. Oh, he was a big boy. He was a lineman. I was reading about that. I didn't know he played He played some ball back in the day. He's big and strong. He went ahead and think about that. That is probably close to 475 pounds of conspiracy theorist. Just oh, against yeah. each other. I would love to see that slap fight. Those two big oh, ultra pale bellies just slapping against each other in a oh, parking lot. Bill, Bill Cooper would destroy he's got Alex Jones leg. in a fight. He's got one leg, but he's also a military man. He fought in fucking Da Nang. Oh, like, right. Bill Cooper knows how to handle oh, himself. I love him. I love him. <laughs> so funny. Well, it, I mean, it's not a surprise that Cooper and Alex Jones butted heads. Of course. I mean, the difference between the two is that uh, Cooper's the real thing. Right. Like, this guy is true blue, real thing, conspiracy theorist. He did his time in the military. I mean, Bill Cooper is an actual example. Alex Jones is just a showman. Right. Yeah, and that's all man. he is. He's a con man. And on Y2K... You know, and Alex Jones, he's been a con man for almost 20 years. Yep. Well, he saw he, a gap and he filled it. Like, he yeah, knew yep. it, he knew how to exactly how to pronounce it to put out the information. Alex Jones is incredibly entertaining. Bill Cooper yep. is way more sober. It's way more like it, it, his his shit is long. His, his talks are three hours long and they are slow, but they are very serious. So in 2000, New Year's Eve, that night, Alex Jones deliberately spread dangerous misinformation on his radio show claiming that cash machines all over Europe had stopped working, that Austin was running out of gas, that a nuclear power plant had shut down in upstate New York, and so on and so forth. Either trying to get ratings, get people to listen oh, well, to Of course, them, the ratings, yeah. Or to incite a riot. And, and interestingly enough, considering yeah. where Alex Jones is today, he named Vladimir Putin as the one behind it all, calling mm. him a demon and saying he was a creature of the IMF. Really? Yeah. You know, it, it is sort of that uh, Orwellian sort of War of the Worlds type uh, scenario that he was of going course. for, which is one of the best moments in radio history. Yeah. Also extremely dangerous for society. Yeah. But it did prove the power of the uh, of the medium. Yeah, it absolutely did. Yeah. You know, in the in our, they did it at World of Worlds again in Argentina yeah. in the 70s. Four people died. Oh. <laughs> but that's good radio. Yeah. 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 The irony is there is no greater if you want to use the stupid term sheeple than people who follow this guy Alex Jones like for whatever he says they just go they navigate the world with him. It's it's very interesting to see. Well, Cooper, a man of principle, responded to Alex Jones's Y2K episode by saying, ironically considering it's Alex Jones, that the entire broadcast was a false flag operation yeah. intended to incite a riot within the general population and Alex Jones was nothing more than a disinformation agent possibly in the employ of the CIA. Do we know that he is not? He got a president <laughs> elected. Honestly, yeah, we, we do not know if he is not. And that it actually kind of turns my stomach a little bit to yeah. think about it. Kind of makes me upset to think of that Alex Jones just even seeing that sentence. Having Bill Cooper saying that Alex Jones is a disinformation agent really like gets me cuz Bill Cooper also attacks Stanley Friedman, he attacks uh, uh Willie Strieber. Willie Strieber. He goes at everybody. That's where Bill Cooper really was a man alone. He made yeah. an of everyone, and that shows that he was fucking real. And Alex Jones, man, he got fucking chase those allegations. I just didn't think about that. It makes me, makes me upset and have to question so many things. Yeah, your eyes are starting to cross. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Jones responded to that with a smear campaign, but that was the least of Cooper's worries. Because that year, Cooper was officially named a major fugitive due to him avoiding those pesky tax evasion uh, charges from two years prior. Okay. Uh, but in 2001, Cooper came back at Jones, calling him, quote, a lying, sensationalist, bullshit artist. And that's the great thing about Cooper. He saw Alex Jones exactly for what he was right from the beginning. Right. It took for the rest of us, man, we just looked at Alex Clown, uh, Alex Jones as a clown. No, a- for years. Alex Clown should be his name. <laughs> yeah, we looked at Alex Jones as a clown for years and years and years. We always showed his videos at our live show. Yep. You know, we'd send clips to each other on text messages, but Bill Cooper saw Alex Jones for what he truly was and what he has proved himself to be. Dangerous. Dangerous. And yes, there is a pro-Bill Cooper YouTube video pointing out that Alex Jones has a bunch of Jewish connections. But you got to remember, Bill Cooper died long before that. And many of his fans, admittedly, are truly awful. And they only pay attention to about half of what he said. They only pay attention to the stuff that they agree with or the the stuff that uh, reinforces their worldview. They don't look at the big picture. Okay. Well, a lot of us also back in the day, a lot of Bill Cooper's original fans were deep into their 70s, so now that they are skeletons. And everybody else <laughs> yes. that is like, everybody that was now is slowly finding him is either grizzled vets, which I think are really important, but the problem is that they are already right. mad. They're going to take it to the streets, and then they're, and then it's just YouTube monsters like myself that just sit yeah. and watch things in the dark all night. Well, it's like people who uh, glorify Bill Hicks and granted, fine comedian, but they just look at like his anti-war stuff as opposed to all the extremely homophobic stuff uh, <laughs> stuff that he was Bill doing Hicks in the so 90s great, as yeah. well. I love, it. I love Bill Hicks. I'm just saying people pick and choose what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, kinda, you, you need to kind of look at the whole picture there. So yes, as I mentioned, Bill Cooper is dead. But like his beliefs, his death is anything but simple. Ooh. And late October 2001, Bill Cooper pulled a gun on his neighbor over a trespassing dispute and received (laughs) yet another arrest warrant. Uh Yes. This time, it was for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Bad move for Bill Cooper. You get don't off his fucking lawn. go <laughs> yeah, I mean, onto Bill Cooper's property. Get off the lawn. Who would ever possess you to go over there? I mean, of course he's going to fucking show you a gun. He then went on air saying he would not surrender and would kill anyone who attempted to capture him. Oh. Another bad move. Yeah, okay. yeah. And unfortunately, he kept that promise on November 5th. Oh, it's we're coming up on the anniversary. Yeah, we are. On that day... The Apache County Sheriff's Department concocted a plan to draw Bill Cooper out from his property as they knew he was agitated and heavily armed. I hope they understand how long they're going to be waiting. I have so much goddamn Hormel chili in here. (laughs) I'll wait them out a year and a half. I have so much Hormel chili, I'm going to forget who my kids are. (laughs) Deep cut Alex Jones. So, knowing that he was agitated and heavily armed, they figured they'd draw him out. So, they stationed two cops near Cooper's house, and they had him pose as drunken teenagers listening to the radio way too loud. Come on, Billy. Let's take our skateboards and go over to Bill Cooper's house. Yes, exactly, Alexander, my friend, who is only 16 years old. Let's go stand outside of Bill Cooper's house and listen to the famed children's album that the children love. I believe it is called Metallica. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> it's so cartoonish. Yeah. It's like when they try to catch Heathcliff by putting little uh, by putting fish bones underneath <laughs> the box with a little stick, and they say, "Come get it, free fish bones." So when Bill Cooper came out, they tried to arrest him, but Cooper managed to get back in his car and he drove back towards the house. An unmarked police car blocked his way, so Cooper got out and ran past the car. And here's where things get murky. The cops knew that Cooper was heavily armed and were tipped off that he kept a loaded AK-47 right next to his front door. And remember, Bill Cooper had already said in public on his radio show that he was going to kill anyone that came to take him down. Right. But before he got to his front door, the first shot was taken. The police report says that Bill shot first, hitting one of the officers twice in the head, killing him instantly. Others claim the cops took the first shot and Bill was just, quote unquote, defending himself, even though he could have avoided all this by just not pulling a gun on his neighbor and just paying his taxes. Well, the neighbor could have avoided you by getting <laughs> off his damn lawn. No, I, I oh, mean, so you he, need to the, fucking tell me, Marcus, honestly, <laughs> he's going to go out there and he's going to attack the government every day on his fucking radio show. Every single day he's going to go out there and talk about the things that he saw and the things that he and the idea that the new world order is about to happen, that they're about to send a satellite, the Gemini satellite filled with plutonium into the center of Jupiter in order to blow it up into, in order to mimic an alien invasion into the, the our solar system in order to enact gigantic martial law across the entire planet. And you mean to tell me he's supposed to give them money? An innocent man is dead. An innocent man yeah, is dead. <laughs> <laughs> at the, at the so. end of the day, uh, an innocent uh, an innocent man who was just trying to do his job. A police officer. A police yeah. officer died uh, because of because of Bill uh, because of Bill Cooper's principles. A man died. Sure. Oh. But in his uh, yes, of course, it's horrible. But imagine then the scenario: one turns to the other. They remove their contacts. Uh-huh. You see the the reptile eyes underneath it, being like, "You what? You know what to do, class?" <laughs> yes, frame the fat one. <laughs> and then he pulls a gun to his own head and blows his fucking brain. Yeah. And if that did happen. Bill Cooper would be justified. Yeah, <laughs> if that, if true, yes, it's huge, huge if true, huge if true, huge. <laughs> if true. Well, either way, by the end of it, Bill Cooper lay dead on the ground right beside the cop that he shot in the head. Mm. Uh, and of course, the conspiracy theory surrounding Bill's death started immediately because the only people yeah. that saw it, the only person that was alive at the end of it, was the other cop. Right. No one else saw it besides those three people. The most popular conspiracy theory involves something Bill Cooper said just a few months before on his radio show. In June of 2001, Cooper said that a major terrorist attack perpetrated by Osama bin Laden would happen within the following months. Mm. And for this, Cooper was silenced. But this, I don't buy at all. Plenty of people made that exact same prediction, both in the government and in the media. It was not the most difficult thing in the world to figure out. Yeah. Man, they should have... They Shot him in '97. Uh, they really when, when they had a chance. That when when they had a. But chance. you know it is strange the uh, the Bin Laden family being flown out on 9/11. Yeah. The only the only. Oh yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a whole nother that's story. Whole yeah, other. go listen. We already covered it. Go yeah, listen. We already to 9/11 yeah, part two for that story. It. 
but at the end of the day, you can't avoid arrest warrants for years and then pull a gun on your neighbor and expect much good to come over. And I think over the years, Cooper's paranoia got the best of him mm-hmm. and it resulted in both his own death and even more tragically, the death of a police officer just trying to do his fucking job. Yeah. It really is sad that uh, an innocent line have to be lost through this whole thing. I honestly do have, I, I do have some sympathy, the two of you looking at me with your dagger-like eyes. <laughs> but what I will say, though, at the same time, that he was legit. He truly, in somewhere deep inside of him, believed that all of this shit was about to come down, and he was putting his life on the line. And he would begin a lot of his talks talking like that, saying, like, you guys have to yeah. be prepared that this revolution's not going to be very nice. It's not going to be very easy. You yeah. have, we have to go and do it. And so if you, ha- if you truly do believe that there are reptilian aliens talking to various secret groups that help run our government, you're going to do a lot of fucked up shit. And honestly, I could see Alex Jones having a similar uh, situation occur. Somebody coming out from his uh, camp. Who knows what's going to happen there? I'm predicting it right here. I've said it for a couple of months now on Abelgan's Top Hat. Well, you know, Bill Cooper, I think he's, there's an important lesson here in all of this. You know, it's like, it's totally fine to talk about all this stuff. It's even fine to believe in some of this stuff. But as we also saw with Timothy McVeigh, who you'll remember was a big fan of Bill Cooper's, taking this shit too far mm-hmm. usually results in paranoia, alienation, and destruction. You yeah. cannot take this shit too far. You have to temper yourself. It has to stop somewhere. The only people that have taken something too far that I'm okay with, Juggalos. Juggalos. <laughs> That's because I actually think they would do more harm yeah. without the Juggalos family. They would do way family. much more, way more well, harm. they came all the way back around full circle to being a peace group. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm totally down that for that. Funny. But like, but this, this conspiracy stuff, like talking about conspiracy theory and shit like that, like that's not dangerous. That's not dangerous. You have to be able and, and all, at all times question the government Reality, I think it's important. I think it's always important to constantly think of Absolutely is important. Don't believe what the fucking television tells you. Get off the fucking internet as much as you can. Don't believe the news. But honestly, it's all of this shit. It's like, because it's all owned by, there are things that are in Behold and Pale Horse that are completely real. The idea of of the corporate entities running everything. You are nothing but a number. They want you for your money and that's it. You're you're useless. They do not care about you. They don't, they're, they're, however, they do now have a naked egg taco. I saw that. Uh, And I am just remember, you know, just talk to other people and try to have friends. And maybe a good thing to do is that if you really want to take things back, start on a local level, sort of like what Kissel's doing. Like when you go and you yeah, exactly hey, like what Kissel's doing. And remember, go to the polls this Tuesday, November seventh. Honestly, if we could scare the hell out of him, that would be amazing. That'd be let's amazing. Just, let's just do locally it. involve yourself, but also remember, Kissel's also gonna have to remember at some point you're gonna be at a party with you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Hillary Clinton, watching a bunch of babies play with knives, and you're gonna have to. <laughs> sit there and decide whether or not you're going to keep your mouth shut or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think this conspiracy, though, especially like Bill Cooper, like the underlying message uh, is worthwhile. It's definitely totally. something worth paying attention to. But I think reading it through the lens of conspiracy thought, it's just another way to think about it. And all this stuff has to be seen with a critical eye. Yeah. You know, nobody can be trusted except for yourself. You know, yeah. like you have to make up your own mind about all 
all of this shit. Uh, and if you really think about a lot of this conspiracy thought critically, I mean, there are a, a thousand holes in of all of this. Yeah. There's a thousand holes and contradictions. But that's where the belief comes from, and that's the the work that the Illuminati put in to create Shadow of the Doubt. You but, fucking rubes. <laughs> this is what really got me. This is what it. drove me nuts growing up evangelical, though. Where it's just like, but what about the fact that you oh, know? Yeah. It's all wouldn't the- Jesus like? Wouldn't his face be falling off? <laughs> rose like three days later. Like, no, 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 no. He was wrapped up. Uh. Well, that's the problem with belief. Right. Is you can't change belief. Uh, that belief is is rigid, uh, and belief uh, leads. And once you have a rigid belief in something like, it can lead to some really bad shit. You know, That's it can it. lead. You know, it can lead. You know, you have a intense Christian belief. It can lead to you bombing a uh, yep. abortion clinic. You know, That's you right. have intense anti-government belief. It leads to you bombing the Mura building. Like uh, totally intense or belief. The terror attack. Yeah, that we this, saw this, this week guy. In yeah, New York. The, the, a couple days ago, this ISIS motherfucker. You know, it led to killing eight people you know that that's the problem with intense yep. belief there's nothing wrong with thinking about shit and there's well, nothing wrong with having fun with it but belief is dangerous but even within behold a pale horse he talks about the problems with extremist thought which i think is really funny is that he says that, that that's what the illuminati espouses is extremist right and left thought that's the whole point is to re- that's how you keep people controlled that you basically right. you, you you whip them up into little camps and basically he also sorts of that he predicts the idea mm-hmm. of political identity and the, and attaching it to your actual identity like he talks about how like they will oh my, yeah. use labels like liberal and conservative in order to right. immediately deconstruct every single thing you th- and it's true because we looked up what happened with Facebook and the election they played us like a fucking fiddle from hell yeah ooh that sounds like a fun Charlie Daniels song it fiddle is. from it's from hell. Batman Returns <laughs> I'm pretty certain it's from oh, Batman Returns cool. um, um, yeah so what do we got coming up next n- yeah next week uh, d- next week is the fun side of Bill Cooper All right. that's when we're talking about alien adventure Adventures, the secret government, and the secret that is Majesty 12. There's stuff that's awesome. true, though, in this. This is next week is where um, I'm going to actually probably get to leave it a little bit more serious because I'm, <laughs> I'm much more invested in this. Uh, yes, yeah. and if you get a chance, honestly, just YouTube Bill, uh, Bill Cooper. He's, he's strangely compelling when he speaks. He's very compelling. Yeah. Well, that's the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so uh, much. We had a live show coming up at the Bell House. I believe that's already sold well, that's out. That's sold out. The okay. more important live yes. show is our second show in Omaha. Our first, sold sh- our first show sold out in Omaha, so we added a late show. Uh, you can go to our website yep. uh, for uh, links to that ticket. Uh, we'll be, you know, we tweeted it out as well. Uh, I'm still, I'm I coming back to Twitter sometime. Oh still my not, goodness. Still, I've not, been, still, not, uh, still not ready yet, but you know, so I'm going to come back to Twitter sometime. I'll absorb You'll get that, that evil for you. Yes. <laughs> I'll do that and for you. This is our last, the Omaha second show will be our last live show for 2017. Yeah. So yes. come on out if you're if, and from also, far and wide. Thank you to everybody that came out for to the Sawan Gala uh, oh, that was in, so fun. in Los Angeles. Thank you guys so much. We raised a lot lot of money for charity. We're what, how much? Like, what, 12000 Around $12,000 for charity. Awesome. We are st- pick, we're picking up all the clothes today from the No New Dudes clothing drive, which was a huge success. Thank you guys so much for fucking supporting us. Yep. I want to do more and more charity work like like uh, doing these th- drives and shit because I think it's really important to give back. I, I, I think that this it's really so it's so g- nice to see the amount of support that we got and from other co- like uh, different uh, companies that gave yep. us their shit like you know like Moonbeam me- Wax Melts uh, who helped us out from Los Angeles to follow her on Instagram. There's Bumble Crumpets, which is the, the baking company that provided all the macaroons Ooh. for a VIP Ooh, table. That that was, really, oh, really they good. were so and good. Ba- that was Baked LA. Baked LA was another spot that went. Oh yeah, it, was, uh, it was really, really good. Um, there's a whole li- We're going to put out a whole list of everybody that helped us 
and, awesome. and just say thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. It, it was a really special night, and it was so good to see everybody. Absolutely. Uh, and keep on supporting all the shows here on the last podcast network. We've got some new shows we'll be announcing soon. Uh, right now, Abling's Top Hat for Politics. Um, uh, let's see, page seven. Um, all right. And uh, let's see, what else do we want to do? Patreon, thank you all so very yeah, much. Thank you so very much for the for the Patreon that you guys have given us. It's been fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, we can't do any shout-outs this week. Uh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be getting back to it next week. We swear. All right. Uh, hail Satan. Sh- hail yourselves. Oh, wait, no. And also, follow us all on Twitter at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Ventasi, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number one. And follow mm-hmm. us on all the bullshits at LP on the left. Hail Satan. That's it. Hail yourselves, everyone. Helgin. Hell me. And let's do a Magustalations. Always. Don't pay your taxes. <laughs> <laughs>